And we are the Wondering Tailgaters, and we're back. Um, I actually recorded a bit without Sean, and, and I realized how much I missed him. Uh, we got Sean here. So how's it going today, Sean? Thanks for uh, having me back on. Um, yeah, we're not at a, at a tailgate this week, but um, you know, there's plenty of tailgates going on. Yeah, we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about that tailgate. Uh, it was a good time. I, I think I undersell UConn's tailgate experience. I know the team, I think I called them a... A nearly decade-long dumpster fire. It has been a tough decade now. For me, it was a little different, too, because when I was an undergrad, UConn was still a a one double-A, as they said at the time, team. And it was just a lot different uh, feel having the the games at Memorial Stadium on campus. Actually, curious to hear a little bit about your experience being in Tallahassee as a student, what that was like. You know, uh, you asked me to speak about uh, year one as a school uh, at, at a college when I was first uh, in college. And uh, I can tell you there was a lot of tailgates going on at Doak Campbell Stadium when I was uh, at my first year at the University of Florida State or Florida State University. And there was, you know, they have a lot of RVs down there on Stadium Drive and the Easy Ups. A lot like what we when we were at the UConn versus UCF game last week. Only about um, you know forty or fifty thousand more people. Well, it was similar in that the team from Florida scored a lot more points and won. Uh, it was a, it was a big year for college football from ninety nine to two thousand one. I was just a young twenty two year old kid lost in a world that I didn't know where I was going in life, and that's what you go to college for. Um, but before I get into all that, I just wanted to uh, uh, say. Uh, uh, a heartfelt um, sympathies to Burt Reynolds and his family and the whole uh, Seminole family at FSU because uh, Burt Reynolds was uh, uh, was known as an as an entertainer and an actor for films like Smokey and the Bandit and Striptease and you know so many others. But uh, us in Tallahassee and in the Seminole Nation community knew him as a, a football player for Florida State back in the way back in the like the 50s and 60s you know he roomed with Lee Corso who you see every Saturday morning on ESPN College Game Day and our hearts go out to him and his family and and all of no all of Seminole Nation for um for the big loss that we've experienced this week I had no idea he'd played there until today when I saw it in a couple of the online tributes I remember him of course from the football movies like the longest yard but um he's one of those people I just I could never see him passing on because he was just so iconic you always think of him as that young strong guy with that wry sense of humor uh you just don't think of him as a as a guy that's old and frail um but yeah my first year at at uh at at Florida State University was um, the first year was was a lot of fun. You know, Florida State University in the 1940s, I believe it was, was originally Florida College for Women. So when I got there in 1999, um, the ratio of male to women was like male to women, yeah, was like nine women to one male. Um, so <laughs> it was it was an adjustment from being at a community college in Connecticut in Naugatuck Valley to being you know, kind of evenly matched or maybe even more men at Naugatuck Valley. And then being at a, you know, Naugatuck Valley was a school with like a couple hundred, maybe like a couple thousand students. And then going to a school with like 30,000 students where it's extremely competitive and 
being so young and just like anybody else that goes to college. Uh, there was tailgates uh, right off of West Pensacola Street. Um, there was a friend of ours named Bull who had a house right near the stadium off of West Pensacola Street, and he used to charge for parking. He was so close to the stadium. And uh, we would help him, you know, hold up signs and stuff like that. A lot of fun tailgates went on at his house. And, uh, you know, I probably did less studying than and more tailgating <laughs> than anything else. Um, so, that, <laughs> and and that's what this podcast is about, right? Tailgating, even though we're not at one this week, or I'm not at least. And um, Yeah, Sean, that's a really good point you bring up. It, it is about that college experience and how much fun that is. I know a lot of people that go to these games – did not go to the school, uh, or in my case, went to a basketball school and the school they rooted for for football. Well, I got into Ohio State, but I, I didn't want to go that far away. I didn't take the chance like you did. But you bring up a good point that it is about having an enjoyable, fun time. And, and the stuff that you remember from the, the tailgates is the stuff that you – it's part of what you take away from it. It just becomes a huge part of the college experience. And uh, it's just college is always a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, too. you got to decide what you're going to do with your life. But uh, for me, I, I definitely did more tailgating <laughs> than uh, than studying. Uh, there's, a, there's a great restaurant um, in, in Tallahassee that I miss dearly. Uh, it's called Gordo's, and they make great Reuben sandwiches. Gordo's my dog's name, so now I definitely have to go there and get a T-shirt. It's also on West Pensacola Street. And I lived right behind there for a while on on uh, South Lapona Road, and I could walk out my backyard, and I, I was probably about 100 to 200 yards from the stadium, and I could see the top of Doe Campbell from, from my backyard later uh, in my time in Tallahassee. And what I loved about it most was the Florida sunshine, and I think there's going to be a lot of Florida sunshine coming up this week uh, when the Seminoles are back at Doak Campbell Stadium for a home game against Sanford. Um, the tailgating will be tremendous there, and, and no doubt. And, uh, you know, last year the Seminoles had the toughest, hardest schedule in the NCAA, probably according to the RPI as well. And um, the, But what we saw last week against Virginia Tech, or at least what I saw, was a lot of offensive line issues that were the same as last year. Uh, we, you know, we have some different uh, offenses going on right now. It's going to take time to learn it, so I think that's part of the adjustment. But part of it is just people need to like get off the line quick and block, and and it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not something that's easy to do. It's not easy to learn an entirely new offense in a short amount of time. Um, maybe some guys are still adjusting to that, um, but it's it's not. It it shouldn't be that hard to. To block someone uh, when you're e- when you're an evenly matched team uh, lined up like that, you you, just, you get off the line, you block, and if you're not blocking, you're not doing your job. And there's two or three guys behind you that are waiting to to show they can do a better job. So I'm, I don't think there's going to be any changes this week in the roster. But a new offense takes a lot of time to learn, and it reminded me a lot of the Ansonia Chargers 1986 season when Doug Morrell took over and he implemented a new offense and uh, he was gone within he went like five and six and and the next year that's when coach Jack Hunt came in and and you know he had a winning record after that so you know coach Taggart it's going to take him time to implement a new offense and um, I think he'll do well I think it's nice to see a new offense at Florida State an updated offense I think what we saw with Jimbo Fisher was a was a behind-the-times offense, 
it was effective and it and it maybe not last year but for, for all the years before that he had winning records and and it was an old school style offense with some spread mixed in with Jimbo Fisher but what we're seeing with Willie Taggart is we're seeing teams have to adjust to the hurry up and and that's where it's at the west coast offense is is where it's at these days and and I'm I'm glad to see it at Florida State this year this this week they'll have a lesser team in Sanford uh, than Virginia Tech was should produce better results, but this this team is still uh, establishing a new identity at FSU. Um, you know, better decisions will need to be made and uh, by by the offense and, and the defense uh, as they develop their identity this year. And you know, I was watching some of the interviews on uh, War Chant TV and uh, the Florida State Seminoles YouTube channel. I was watching Willie Taggart and offensive coordinator Walt Bell and the defensive coordinator uh, Harlan and um you know they all say they all talk about execution you know and um you have to execute you have to do what you're expected to do what you did in practice you have to do in the game and and I think they'll, they'll get it done this week with with this lesser opponent than Virginia Tech was Florida State won four out of their last five games and so did Sanford so that should be interesting to see how these teams match up against each other. Um, and the tailgating is going to be fun to watch. You know, uh, it's going to be real fun to watch. Um, one of the things that, you know, I participate in uh, a Facebook Live um, feed of uh, Knowles 24-7 with Josh Newberg. And uh, one of the things he mentioned was, you know, if Jimbo Fisher ran his offense and his defensive schemes against Virginia Tech, do you think the Knowles would have won that game? And my thought was yes. Some people have different answers. I think they would have. Um, but I also think uh, it's better this way. Even though the first result was a, was a zero in the, in the win-loss column, it will get better. And one of the things that Josh mentioned on Knowles 24-7 was that uh, we'll get through this as a family and we'll grow from this and we'll evolve from this and we'll win. Eventually we'll win. You can't lose forever. So, um, you know, we will win. And, um, you know, with FSU's record of winning four of their last five and Sanford winning four of their last five, that should prove to be something special. Um as I, I wonder how Sanford is going to compete against the West Coast offense. I don't know if they've they've seen it against something like something like this here, as sloppy as it looked last week. Uh, there was a lot of arm tackling on defense last week. Um, a lot of that, and um, after the game, the head coach of Virginia Tech said in the third quarter, you know, they were held. Um, they held Florida State pretty tightly uh, against a, their defense held them out of the end zone. You know, they couldn't get in the end zone. They were so close so many times. And he was actually worried. The head coach of Virginia Tech was worried in the third quarter that they were uh, giving Florida State too many opportunities. So the competitiveness was there, but it just didn't score to point. It didn't convert to points in the Virginia Tech game, and I think you're going to see a different result in the Sanford game, I would hope anyway. Most teams in the NCAA played uh, lesser opponents like Florida State will be playing this week in week one, so 
you probably see some type of score like you saw Alabama play or um, Oregon or or some of these other teams when they played lesser opponents. Um, and I think this is going to be a confidence-building game. The defense needs a turnover for Florida State. I think they need a turnover. Uh, they need something big that they weren't getting. I don't know what would look worse, the offense or the defense in that Virginia Tech game, but uh, they, they definitely need a turnover, whether it's a fumble recovery or just a forced fumble or an interception, something. Um Cam Akers had an 85-yard run. It was one of the only moments of brilliance against uh, Virginia Tech, and uh, look for him to make an impact, and they'll be guarding him closely. But, uh, you know, it's also an opportunity for some of the younger players to step up and make a play. You know, it's intense college football. It's high-pressure, high stakes, and uh, you're, you're there to learn, and you're there to learn through adversity. ESPN.com has a score predictor with FSU winning the game by 96% and a 3% chance of uh, Sanford winning the game. So I thought that was an interesting to, uh, statistic. But FSU's offense was non-existent against uh, Virginia Tech, and I think we'll see a change with that, I would hope anyway, against Sanford. And I don't know what, what's up with this BS bull crap dancing before kickoffs, you know. Oregon, I always when when Willie Tackle was the head coach of Oregon, I used to say, you know, they have three hundred different uniform combinations, but they can't win a game. Um, the 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 nonsense of the kick the first kickoff of the game where they were kind of like all grouped together trying to get unity and stuff, I thought that was a little much, and um, I I don't think that belonged there. Um, maybe if they won the game, I would have felt differently, and I think he's just trying to make it fun for them. But uh, that's not something that should really happen this week. Um, until until you start winning games um, and executing. But that's why he's the coach, and I'm just a petty analyst or, or tailgater, I should say. Um, this is an 11th-ranked recruiting class that Florida State has. They were ranked 11th, and they didn't score a touchdown. I think that says a lot about developing a new identity and developing the new offense and defensive schemes um, they have the talent at being the t- t- number 11 ranked rec- recruiting class, but can they execute remains the question. Can the line block offensively? Can the defense make stops? Can the defense give pressure? And special teams, you know, the, um, the punt, punt team had a uh, blocked punt that w- ended up being a touchdown for the Virginia Tech special teams. So all phases of the game, if you're looking at Virginia Tech game, were god awful. As an Ohio State fan, um, we I've seen in the last uh, twenty years three coaches, and one was only there for one year, and that was Luke Fickle, who's now at Cincinnati. Uh, the thing about that year is it was coming off a scandal, coming off a bunch of scholarship losses, that strange um, Jim Trussell firing, which I don't really want to get into. It just gets me angry. Uh, what happened with him in the NCAA? But they they had their only losing record that they've had in. Geez, my lifetime maybe, where they went um, six and six and lost in the in the Gator Bowl. That was 2011. But one thing we did have at Ohio State was we had Erwin Meyer come in his first year, and they went undefeated. Um, I, I don't think people gave them a lot of credit that year uh, because so they went undefeated and did not win a national championship because they were still under the scrutiny of the NCAA. They they got ranked as high as third. This was pre uh, FBS playoff game. 
Um, and then two years later, they would actually go on to, to win a, a national championship. But that 12-0 and year is pretty odd. That's, the, that's actually the only undefeated year Urban Myers had at Ohio State. He, he won once with uh, one, two, two years he had one loss, came into a playoff with one loss and lost. And then, or I should say, he came into the playoff undefeated and lost in, what, 2015 and then 2014. They had that, that loss to Virginia Tech, getting back to that. And, and won the national championship. And, and the other uh, first-year coach that we've had in the, in the past couple of decades at Ohio State was Jim Trussell. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak as a fan here more than like as an X's and O guy, but Jim Trussell was probably my favorite college coach. And I know it, it didn't end so well with him. And, I, and Urban Meyer has a better win-loss record. Um, and, and the Big Ten is probably better now than it was when, when Trussell was coaching. But that that first title where they beat Miami was uh, that was special. That was his second year, so he came in, replaced John Cooper, uh, but played with John Cooper's players. It wasn't much of a, a roster turnover, especially back then. There wasn't the, the transfer transfer stuff we have going on now. But that first year with with Trestle, they went seven and five. They lost a bowl game, but they did get into the back into the polls after um, Cooper sort of fell apart towards the end of his career. I guess the, the thing with Cooper was he never beat Michigan and or never won the big game. Um, but uh, that's that, that first year with Trestle, you could see something was happening, and then the next year was the magic year where they beat Miami, which at some point we'll have to have an episode about that game because that, that was a fun one. I can put that in the Vince Young, uh, Texas, USC one in there. Uh, but for Florida State, what has it been like uh, as a fan now that they've had so much uh, change at the head coach position? Oh, I love it. Um, you know, it's kind of hard for me to say I love it. Um, and I, I love Jim Trestle, too. He was phenomenal at Ohio State. Well, I, I'll throw one thing in about Florida State, and this is a lot of stuff you share with me when I've read, but the coach really wants to be there, and I don't know that the coach really wanted to be there last year, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, you got to have somebody that wants to be there. College football in general is very competitive. And there's there's ridiculous expectations put on coaches, not just head coaches but assistants as well. And um, I think the expectations last year, Jimbo Fisher not winning a national championship or or not getting to the playoff since the Jameis Winston years, there was a lot of folks who um, said, you know, well he just did it because the only reason he succeeded was because of Winston. But it, it's it doesn't work like that. Well, there's a guy named Daba who made it kind of tough as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it's an overall team effort. And when there's millions of dollars at stake and millions of dollars being paid, um, people have high expectations. And and I, Jim Jimbo Fisher is in the past now. A lot of people bring him up in the Knoll Nation and in Tallahassee and everything. But it's the Willie Taggart era, and. He's he's doing good things. Um, he's not going to go twelve and zero and win a national championship in his first year. And uh, I think there's some people in Tallahassee or fans around the country that think that that's a possibility, and it's not. Uh, especially when you're bringing in new offense, new defense, new head coaches. There's one coach, one coach from last year uh, on Florida State. It's Odell Higgins, and and he's the only one that was part of the Jimbo Fisher regime. Uh, Mickey Andrews is back, who coached with Bobby Bowden as sort of like an advisor role. Um, uh, Bobby Bowden's been given some tips and stuff. Um, but I love the West Coast offense that he's implementing. For years, when Jimbo Fisher was coach, 
Um, he was a phenomenal coach. I loved his trust the process uh, philosophies and things like that. And he won us a national championship. But Willie Taggart is bringing an updated offense to this program. An updated offense, a modern offense, a current offense. Um, and that is what I love about it. Even though they didn't score one touchdown, these teams are going to have to adjust to that offense. And it's a Clemson-style offense. And that's what I really like about it. Yeah, that's that's a lot what I hear. And, and, and I'll bring up another program uh, that I'm surprised what's going on there. But... When uh, Dino Babers took over at Syracuse, uh, the talk was they were going to play dome ball with this high-paced, up-tempo offense. And I, uh, players want to go do that. Players, the, the modern kids, want to go play in these offenses like that. They don't want to be sitting there, you know, running on first down all, at all time. And that concludes this episode of the Wondering Tailgaters. Uh, a lot of exciting games this weekend. We didn't get to talk about Oklahoma UCLA. We didn't talk about. Notre Dame Ball State. Yeah, I'm passing that one. Uh, there's some other good ones out, though. Stanford, USC. Michigan State, Arizona State. Ohio State, Rutgers. 